Hello, and welcome to the Apex Anthologies podcast. Hello. My name is Robin Zestro, and I am here with Sally Breen. Um, Sally, would you care to just share a little bit about yourself and the season that God has you in right now? Yes. Um, my name is Sally Breen, and as you can probably tell from my accent, I was not born in the United States. I was born in the United Kingdom um, 60 years ago um, to some great parents, and um, I have one sister. I um, lived there for about 45 years this time round, um, and moved to the United States in 2004. So yeah, 2004. We moved to Phoenix, Arizona um, with Mike and about 20 other people. We moved as a tribe, um, as a covenant community to establish some work within America. Um, And We've been here ever since. We've lived in Phoenix. We've lived in, um, so we've lived in Phoenix, Arizona. We've lived in South Carolina in two spots. So we've lived in Pawleys Island, South Carolina, and we've lived in Greenville, South Carolina. And then um, about two months ago, eight weeks ago, we moved to Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> which we love. It's Yay. great. Really Welcome. love. Yes, great. Um The season of life um, that I am in now has only really been for two months. So the season before that is probably a longer one. Um, And I'll explain sort of the two bits. Um, the, The season in Greenville, South Carolina, although it had lots of wonderful things about it, um, we made some great friends. We belong to a lovely church. Um, and uh, two of our children lived there with their families. So we had grandchildren there. And Greenville is a great place. Greenville is a lovely place. If you ever want to go on vacation to South Carolina, go to Greenville. It's fabulous. Um, however, it was a really hard season in the sense that it was a desert. It was one of those times um, when I felt a bit like somebody wandering in a desert asking for um, direction or a clear word or any of those things. Um, it was a season of pruning. Um, and I have to tell you that my personality does not like uh pain, doesn't like pruning, doesn't like any of that stuff. And I really basically want to, I know everyone has to go through desert experience or whatever you want to call it, you know, mm-hmm. a, a hard time or a difficult, you know, a wrestling or whatever you want to call it. But I want to get through it fast. I want to run <laughs> through it. I want to do a sprint through it. And I found that the more I, the faster I want to go, the slower God makes me go so so we were I went very slowly through this period um it was a time of uh come coming to terms with a lot of grief and loss um we lost a uh, much prayed for and beloved grandchild um which as you can imagine for anyone that causes massive amount of grief and loss um and so uh that was part of it and just I'd never experienced grief like that. So understanding how I worked, the way God spoke to me, the way encouraged I had to learn all that anew. Mm. Yeah. So that's where I was. Mm. 
In part, I'm kind of curious, when was it that you realized that the faster you wanted to go through it, the slower it took? I probably should have realized quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think this is not my first sort of, this is not my first rodeo, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, And I think I didn't realize it until about halfway through Mm -hmm. when I thought it would be over. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, ah, no, this is not over. <laughs> um, and despite my husband lovingly telling me that it probably wasn't going to be over for quite a long time, um, I, I didn't listen to him. I don't know if anyone can identify with that. You know, you, you hear from the Lord and you hear from your husband and you're still like, no, no, I, I'm going to get through this fast. Um, and I think it was about halfway through when I realised I had to really basically embrace it and mm. and take out of it everything I could. You know, really spend time noticing the surroundings and where I was spiritually and physically and emotionally um, to take stock and say, okay, this mm. is where I am and who am I in this place and where is God in this place and what does that mean for me and what does that mean for my future? Those are all really hard things to grasp just in the day-to-day, let alone in the midst of a lot of, like, grief and hardship and... Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not... It wasn't... I don't want to paint it as, like, this terrible, terrible experience. Mm. I mean, if you'd met me in that time, Mm. you wouldn't have especially known. I wasn't wearing Mm. sackcloth and ashes and eating locusts or doing... (laughs) You know, I was... I I seemed to be and thought I was functioning as a... Mm perfectly respectable, responsible human being as an adult. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, um, yes, I think sometimes it's on reflection you know how hard mm. things are. And on reflection, when you look back, you realise, well, that was, a, that was a really trying time and a really difficult time. And, um, yeah, I think, you know... I used to believe, uh, this is not very, well, I don't know if it is encouraging or not encouraging. Anyway, um, I used to think that when somebody got to 60, they were probably all, like, sorted. You know what I'm I'm saying? Like, you know, by the time you've got to 60, surely, you you know, you're like, you've got everything sussed, you know. Everything's sort of like in the correct little container in your life and you're all good. And it's been a, a, a... a revel- revelation to me that I'm not as, you know, sussed or... I mean, there's just always growth, that, that basically God never finishes with you um, and that he keeps on working on you and talking to you and um, and you keep on growing. And that's a great thing, but it's also been a surprise to me. <laughs> uh, my, my mother, who was an amazing woman, was not a Christian until much later in her life, so I didn't get to experience an older woman um, going through a spiritual journey close, up, you know, mm-hmm. up close and really personal. So that probably was the surprise for me, or maybe I was just silly <laughs> <laughs> or ignorant or not. No, I don't know any of those things. <laughs> so what is the place that you are in now that you're reflecting on that season from? Um, I think um, I am... In a different place now, um, we're in Dayton, and it's not just a geographical difference; it's um, a calling difference. Mike and I both feel really called 
to Dayton and to Apex. Um, and that has brought me great joy um, and great peace. And um, it's something that I am very happy with. Yeah, I I love... Um, uh, but I don't want to sound a bit weird, caring for a group of people. I mean, I'm not running around with, you know, baskets of fruit or anything, but I like I like feeling like I've got a community to put my arms around and belong to and invest in and be a part of. So that's brought me great joy. And the, the verse that um, every year at the beginning of the year I ask for a word or a verse um, to sort of direct me in the coming 12 months and so this year in about November October um the Lord said the word was expand and so I was like uh, is that my waistline <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not Lord it probably is but let's hope it isn't um and so I um prayed into that and thought that it was about expanding my thinking, expanding my hopes, expanding my experiences, of which I've had great and vast and variety of experiences. But anyway, and so then he gave me this um, verse, which is the, I'm sure many people are familiar with this, which is Isaiah or Isaiah. or And I say Isaiah, you say Isaiah, don't you? I think so. Yeah, I think that's the right way. Anyway, <laughs> one way or the other. 54.2, which is, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And that's my um, verse for the year. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. And the, the, the line that I particularly like and particularly am sort of uh, focusing on um, in these early years, uh, years, early weeks <laughs> in Dayton is do not hold back. Mm. And that is um, something that I think is easy to do if you've um, experienced loss. You hold on to things. You hold on tightly to the things that you have mm. because you've experienced loss. But what I think the Lord is saying is do not hold back. Mm. Give generously. You know, th that verse makes me think of somebody who is expansive and generous and open open armed mm. um, to embrace all that God's going to give them and so that's I hope the place that I'm in now hmm. that is a really sweet sounding place being able to kind of offer I don't know almost the refuge of heart that you've been given to other people yeah and I think that uh, I mean, you know, I mean, many people have said it better than me, but life is a journey. Mm. And um, I've been on this journey now for 60 years, which is a massive privilege. And most of it has been a great joy. I've had a very privileged and wonderful life up until now. And I would say, you know, I've had, a, I've had some hard things, but, you know, I know people who've had a lot harder. But I think that learning to understand yourself in the desert or the pruning and to understand that out after pruning comes fruitfulness. You're not just pruned for the sake of it, you know. It, 
talks about in the vine is pruned so that it m might bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. And so that is my hope, my expectation, that I've been pruned <laughs> for a long time. No, no, no. So I'm going to bear lots of fruit. No, and I don't, you know, that's not... That's not what I'm thinking, like it's been, you know, it's been a long time, so it must be extra fruit. <laughs> I just mean, I think that process of understanding that pruning is all part of the journey of life and the one that God and Jesus walks with us on. And therefore, it's about, um, yeah, being hopeful and being expectant, but while you're in the hard place, looking for the gold, because you're going to need the gold to sustain you when you're fruitful. Mm. Does that make sense? Like the yeah. gold is the thing, that, the treasure that you get mm -hmm. from the hard place. And yeah. that's something you carry with you into the, into the fruitful phase. So, mm. um, If you don't mind my asking, no. what was the gold that you found that carried you into the fruitful place? Yeah, I... This time, I think the goal that I found, the gold that I found, not the goal, the gold, <laughs> the gold that I found was that I found again that he is um, to be trusted, he is faithful. I've always believed that, but that was reaffirmed. So that's um, probably one of the most common things you'll hear me say, he is faithful. He will be faithful. He is faithful. He can't be anything but faithful. Mm. That is a constant. And I think that I found, um, I found the gold in simple, um, repeatable patterns that um, I was able to take with me. Um, rhythms, rhythms of life, things, things that. Uh, Things like gardening or mm. yard work or doing something creative that are able to, um, they're not just for the, for the pruning time. You can actually mm. take them into the, into the fruitful time and have, you know, it may have been born out of the hard times, but actually you can see the fruit of it in the, in the good times, mm. good times or whatever, you know, whatever I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The future. <laughs> um, and I think that... Um, some of some relationships are gold you know you get different relationships they change and they and some go deeper some go deeper in the and I would say they're definitely gold too that's really awesome because I even think back to you mentioning like moving to Arizona with the whole community and so just yeah. this theme of the yeah. support of community and the value of it totally like, and the people of God yeah absolutely I think that we are not meant to be on our own. I think we are called to be part of a of a community, a family, an extended household, an oikos, mm. a house church. I mean, whatever you want to call it. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you name it. Mm. But we're meant to be in people's lives in a deep and meaningful and intimate way um, uh, with more than just another person or another two people a nuclear family I think you, we're called to be part of a broader group of people all working and walking in the same direction and I call that family on mission but you can call it whatever it doesn't matter um, and I think that that's God's design for us and that's that's how we function best yeah like 
I would definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. And some of that is hard, you know, you know, families are messy and complicated and emotional and dysfunctional places, but you know, they're what we're called to to work at and yeah, that's yeah. what I believe so. Yeah. And in the midst of the mess is where like grace and mercy and so many of the things we need God so desperately for play Absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think you know, I I think that None of us can do it on our own. Mm. None of us can do life yesterday or tomorrow or certainly today on our own. Mm. And we're not called to. But sometimes in our arrogance and pride, and I'm including myself in that, I'm not, I'm not like saying, <laughs> oh, you know, everyone else. Um, we think we can and we don't enlist all the resources um, that God has given us already. And they're usually people. For the people who are listening right now, um, what would be some encouragement that you might just have for them? Like yeah. whatever God has on your heart. I think there are two things, and I've alluded to one, which is God cannot be anything but faithful. He will always be faithful to the promises that he's made and the truths that he, he stands on and that we can therefore stand on those truths. So I think that is a massive encouragement. It It may not be that you see them always, but he is faithful. Mm. And even in the darkest moments of grief and loss um, surrounding our grandson, um, I knew he was faithful. He was faithful to us. He was faithful to our wonderful daughter and son-in-law. He was faithful. And she would stand by that testimony too. Mm. Um, So I'm not just putting that on her. If you were speaking to her now, she would say the same. She would say it differently, but she would say the same. And the other thing is, is that I think that I am a a believer in this because I know it to be true in a biblical truth, which is everything is always redeemable. Mm. Nothing is ever lost. It is possible in God's grace and mercy always for any situation, any person always to be redeemed. And I truly believe that. And so I don't know who's listening and I don't know what their lives are or what their situation are. And often we think it's too late, it's been too long, I've gone too far or somebody else has, and that's not what the gospel says. The gospel says he came to redeem us and he will never stop doing that. And so any situation... Um, is always possible to be redeemed. And I I was talking to a group of young mums yesterday and saying, basically when we were raising young children, which basically you're in the thick of it with young children and you can hardly like, you know, you don't even know if you're going to have a shower that day or manage to get, you know, you never see the bottom of the laundry pile or you don't, you know. Everyone's everyone's (laughs) eating peanut butter for a whole week or whatever. Yeah, in those moments... (coughs) And you're shouting at the children all sorts of things that you think might scar them for life (laughs) and they may need therapy for, you know, when they're a teenager. I just, I was always encouraged by what I called the redemptive prayer, which is basically every evening I would pray over the children, redeem any of my mistakes, just redeem them, Lord, because I believe that's what you want to do. Um, And so I think that's a great thing to hold on to which is none of the mistakes we make are too big for God to redeem. That's Mm -hmm. why Jesus came, 
That is such a good word. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, how m- like just for me, how many times when I'm like, oh, I've messed up too much and it's gone too far. And I'm like, well, I've made a right pig's ear out of all yeah. of this. And I'm like, what, what good can even come of this? But there is nothing God cannot redeem. No, no. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again in my own personal life, in my extended family's life, and in countless of stories that I've, I sort of collect stories from women around the world about God's faithfulness and redemption. And I'm just amazed at the way he does it. It's incredible. So that brings me great joy and great hope. And on that note of great joy and great hope, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you. It's been lovely. Yes, it has been so lovely to talk to you as well. All right. Until next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.